Hello and welcome to the Swan Song Project podcast. My name is Ben Buddy Slack and I'm the founder of the Swan Song Project and the host of this podcast. The Swan Song Project is a charity and we help people living with terminal illnesses or doing with bereavement to write and record an original song. We believe in celebrating lives, making memories and leaving legacies. If you'd like to find out more about the charity, you can check out our website, which is swansongproject.co.uk. The podcast features songwriters. Each episode, I have a different guest on. I ask them to share with us one of their songs. We talk about how they wrote it. I ask them to share with us a songwriting tip. And I also ask for a song that's meaningful to them in some way relating to bereavement. This episode features Steve Tilston. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, today I'm here with Steve Tilston. Thanks for joining me, Steve. Hi. <coughs> oh, excuse me. That's okay. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Thank you. Excuse me. I was just... <laughs> a good start. <laughs> but I, I took a breath to say thank you and, <coughs> and uh, went down the wrong hole. Somehow. Down the wrong yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how are you doing? Okay. Yeah, very good. Thanks, Steve. Very good. We're looking forward to talking to you. Yes, fine. Yeah, great. Yeah, great stuff. Um, so for anyone new to these podcasts, this is the Swan Song Project podcast and each episode I have a different songwriter on and we do it in three sections. First, we're going to talk about one of Steve's songs uh, we'll talk about how he wrote it. Uh, section two, I'll ask Steve to share with us a songwriting tip. And then section three, we're going to talk about songs meaningful to Steve in some way relating to bereavement. Uh, so to start off with Steve, would you like to introduce your first song for us, please? Well, it's a song I wrote about um, 10 or so years ago called The Road When I Was Young. In fact, a bit over 10 years ago. And I suppose it was uh, autobiographical. Um, and in a way, it was a bit of self-congratulatory pat on the back for getting away with it what was then 40 years. It's now 50 years, uh, man and boy, as a musician, travelling musician. And um, so I wanted a fairly simple simple song uh, with a, a sort of sort of memorable melody and um, it's it's using a, um, a descending bass line um, and against a kind of uh, picking waltz time pattern and um, it's sort of so it documents um, the um, I suppose a life, you know, life on the road, and uh, it also. Um, I'm trying to remember the text here, but it kind of talks about, um, obviously being youthful and uh, full of um, um, full of. Um, Oh, what's the word I'm searching for? Um, just full of the of, of love of life, the joy of life, all these things that are kind of not uh, I've not tasted yet, but I know are out there to to experience. Mm. And um, it talks about sort of uh, love affairs, some fleeting, and um, but then in the final verse, it talks about it's sort of like a sad. Uh, I take the, the the pace down a bit, and it's more reflective. And it's about uh, it says that the line there is there were no goodbyes for some companions, mm-hmm. never realised when time was done, and so I suppose it's evident what that's about. You know that um, a lot of um, 
friends have fallen by the wayside. And um, so being reflective about that. Um, it finally finishes with, um, <laughs> there was a kind of the, the, the myth, the Robert Johnson myth. Robert Johnson was this um, uh, fantastic blues, blues guitar player who, when he first started, like all of us, was not very good. But he disappeared for a few years. And when he came back, he was fantastic. And all they could put it down to was that he sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads, which is a great idea. But I think he just went away and practiced. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so I, 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 so I kind of allude to that on the, in the final stanza of the song. Brilliant. Yeah, it's a great song. Um, so let's hear it now. This is uh, The Road When I Was Young by Steve Tilston. Traveling shoes are worn and tattered. They still keep moving on. They have learned to tread the roots that mattered along the road when I was young. There have been missiles and diversions They search in full sun Many mislaid plans and missing persons Along the road when I was young Down that well-worn path I walked Chasing dreams in the blue yonder And freely spending time Twas mine to squander Along the road when I was young Many nights alone, some nights together some special one And back behind the wheel And held for leather Along the road when I was young My first song It still lingers Oh how the notes spilled From my fingers Never realize what time was done 
with our own absolute opinions down the road when I was young. I had guitar, was free to travel strands of life. Did unravel when I sold my soul to the crossroads, devil. Along the road when I was young, down that well-worn path I wandered, chasing dreams in the. Okay, brilliant. So that was uh, The Road When I Was Young. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful song, Steve. It feels um, like, was it a, you say you kind of you set out with that task of writing the song, because it's like it's a big, you know, it's a big a song that covers a big period of time. And is that something that, um, like, would you write songs like that a lot? Or would it, would that feel like quite an ambitious one to do? Well, what, what, just time? I, I have written songs like that. Uh, mm before and since, but they were usually more involved musically and they may have sort of um, taken a, a, a different musical turn in that they may have um, um, gone from, um, you know, a, a changed, changed into a key, so that they modulated into a different key and then returned. Just to, and um, but this one I wanted a specifically to write a simple sounding song and sometimes the simplest songs are the hardest to write because you know to try and write a simple song that is not full of cliches and um and has a a kind of a melody that, that you think you've heard before but you haven't you know or, mm. or it's kind of as a melody that is um harkens back to uh, something you think you may have heard. I think it's, it's easy to write a pastiche, to write a song that um, just follows almost like a nursery rhyme simplicity, you know, where you can second guess where the song's going before it gets there. That to me is very boring. But if mm. you can write a simple sounding song that is kind of, um, makes people think it, it sounds familiar, but yet is also unfamiliar, <laughs> if, you, yeah. if you know what I mean. That's where that's, I think the art lies. Yeah. yeah, just the right amount of originality to kind of keep it, keep well, it, yeah, keep it interesting, yeah. but not too, but familiar as well, familiar, but original. Yeah. 
Right, and that's yeah, that's where the the trick is to be able mm. to pull that off. You know, it's uh, yeah, yeah. Do, do you have any um, particular methods of doing that? Like, is there a, or is it kind of just play around and see what comes out? Well, you see, I've been, I've been writing now for so many years that, it, um, and I've tried every which way, every way possible. Um, now, sometimes, if I remember, I think I remember, I'm trying to cast my mind back, when I wrote this, I knew that I wanted to write this song, and I had that when the road when I was young. Mm. I had that as a title. And I thought it was quite an emotive title. It, it says so much in, you know, in that title. You know pretty much it's setting up what, you know, what, the, what the song's going to be about. And so I... Um, this is... Uh, I, I think I just was messing around with that descending bass line out of a C chord. And um, the song just started to fly then. And once it, it kind of um, gained momentum and wings, you know, it, it sort of kind of, it was, I was on a roll and it, and, and it wrote itself pretty quickly. Um, and that sort of, um, when that happens, it's it's great, you know, it's fantastic. And uh, so when you're you're just left with the burnishing process of just changing a few words here and there, there, and uh, that was one of them. That was one that fight when I fight once I got started to get to grips with it, it came it came pretty um, straightforward, you know, it came pretty easily. Oh, yeah. That's they don't all come like that by any <laughs> Yeah, I was going to ask you, there's a few questions where, like, you know, is that kind of way you normally do things? But obviously you said, like, it's about 50 years you've been doing this professionally now, is it? Writing songs. And like you say, you've tried um, pretty much every different way. <laughs> every conceivable way. Yeah, I'm just going to move it back a bit. Yeah, um, I... Um, when I was... Um, before the lockdown, when I would, you know, um, gigging a lot, then I would be getting ideas when I was dr driving around. And prior to that year, when I first started, I before I, I before I, I was for my first ten years as a musician, I was travelling around on trains most of the time, mm. and I found they were that was great for writing songs. Consequently, I wrote a lot of train songs, um, <clears throat> but also in the lockdown. And, and this happened before the lockdown. I find that uh, because I'm fortunate enough to live in, um, you know, not, it, it pretty much in the country here, and uh, I can get up on the moor pretty easy. So um, just trudging around on the on the moor, you get this kind of rhythm going, and uh, I get some great ideas up there. And a few songs from the latest album, um, such times. Uh, were written up on started up on the moor. There's an op the opening song of their daylight rising mm. was literally about an early early morning uh, ramble up there. And, uh, it, 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 it wasn't actually after the just as the dawn was breaking, although it just suggests that but it was a bit after that. But it still had that kind of feel about it. You know, mm. the sort of new day it was fresh up there. And, um, yeah, so you take experience where, where you know, and inspiration where, where it's all, all around, really. Uh, it's a question of, of opening your eyes.
and soaking it in. Yeah, and are you someone who's, um, so I guess, do you always have that awareness with you and you're always looking for ideas and you're always working on things or do you go Pretty through much. phases That's of... Always yeah. Been, yeah, I mean, I've got, um, you know, I've, I've, for most of my life I've been um, uh, travelling the planet with a, you know, a couple of unfinished songs going around the brain box, you know, trying to think of uh, a burnishing process. And sometimes it, it's almost subliminal. It's almost... Um, um, as, I'm, as if I'm not aware of it. And sometimes mm. all of a sudden, because the great thing about the English language is there are so, because of all the influences, um, there's, for most words, there are sort of uh, three or four alternatives. Mm. <laughs> and you know, you know a word's out there. You know that the word that will describe what you want to say is out there, but it's sometimes teasing it. <laughs> <laughs> And unfortunately, the aging process means there's a hell of a lot more teasing goes on than before. I always said the same way with like, it's finding that right word and then finding if that's the word that fits in with your, whatever your rhyme scheme is as well sometimes. And you find the word that says what you want to say, but then it's trying to find a synonym for that. Well, that's of course. Rhyme but sometimes, yes, of course. But sometimes the word is so good that it means you change the you you change the uh, the, the, the the scheming of the of the of the of the line that leads mm. up to it. You know, so <laughs> still keeping the basic sense. But I've had I've done that before. You know, where the where the thought, oh, that's the word. No, it doesn't fit. But it's such a great word. I'll re <laughs> I'll rewrite that verse. <laughs> yeah. Again, I think there's sometimes the songs where when you hear like a word which is very unusual to hear in a song. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, well, usually one like that where it doesn't kind of roll off the tongue as well as some other ones, but then it can be really impactful, can't it? Because it can, because it does stand out in a way. But sometimes that's, that can be really great. You can have mm. a word that's um, quite arresting and you think, oh, well, you know, that's, that's quite an unusual word. You wouldn't think that they would use that word, but it's actually brilliant that they have. And I'm trying to think of an example. can't. Um, but... got, there's one, um, I was listening to Nick Cave's um, Abattoir Blues, the Lyra of Orpheus album. So I'm sure you've that at all, so I'm a big, big Nick Cave fan. But there's yeah. a song on there, the Lyra of Orpheus, which is very much a story about Orpheus and uh, yeah. you know, the instrument, the lyre thing. And there's a line in that where, um, what's it? It's uh, something, something she said to Orpheus, if you play that effing thing down here, I'll stick it up your orifice. <laughs> <laughs> that, was where, <laughs> that was one of them ones where I thought like, that's, he might have based the whole song on that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, sometimes, yes. That becomes, that, and sometimes that's glaringly obvious that the whole song <laughs> run on this, uh, this um, uh, pun, <laughs> yeah. yeah, which you kind of went, uh, yeah, yes, yeah. Well, you know, he's he's a great writer, so fair play to him. I've not heard the song, so I'm sure it works. Yeah, yeah, it's a very interesting song. <laughs> it's very yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant, Steve. That's really interesting. Um, so I'm in section two now. Shall we? This is where I ask my uh, my guest to share with a songwriting tip. Yes. Um, so, what would your tip be for us, Steve? What my tip would be. Well, I kind of I find now that, and it's something that is, I've been thinking about this, that I, <clears throat> it's 
sometimes it's you know you're writing a song and, and a lot of people say we're waiting for inspiration you know you're waiting an inspiration when it hits you it usually it's like a wave and it kind of uh, the impetus of that wave carries you the first verse and maybe halfway through the second verse and then you're kind of like you're on, <laughs> you're caught on the floundering on these rocks or a sandbank or which you have to forgive the uh, analogies but uh, and then you're kind of um, uh, and so many times you know half written songs and you and they lay there and you don't know what to do and I've in that situation I sometimes just write down anything with if I've got some key words I'll just put anything down I'll just put anything down and this quite often just by writing almost what almost sounds like gobbledygook you can extract from there something will um all, all of a sudden present itself and allow you to to finish um, finish the song also if you start a, you're starting a song and you um, can't think of, of what to write. It's almost like try writing a stream of consciousness. Mm. Um, and then, then change it, chip away at it, try and make sense out of it. But having said that, I kind of, on the last album, I recorded this wonderful song called The Waters of March by a uh, wonderful, um, Brazilian composer um, Antonio Carlos Jobim and he, he wrote it as a stream of consciousness and he doesn't really know what he didn't really know what it was about and I don't really know what I, what it's about but yet part of me does it's it's weird because it's a set of these images and they are quite surreal um, but yet something about the imagery just really um, engaged me and it's I'm, I, and I've been thinking when I now when I play this song I said well I, I think I've been missing a trick all these years because I usually start with a stream of con well I don't usually but quite often I start with a stream of consciousness and then I sort of try and chip back at it and make sense out of it uh, maybe I've sort of been making too much work for myself. Maybe I should have just left it to the stream of consciousness <laughs> because he had a you know a million seller out of this song. And of course, you know Bob Dylan. Bob there was a period of Bob Dylan's uh, music, you know, in the in in the late sixties where he did just that. And uh, I mean, some some of the some of the words, some of the the lines annoy me because I think they've contrived just to kind of fit a rhyme and they don't really mean anything but on the other hand he's come up with so many great uh, lines that in a way it doesn't matter mm. it doesn't matter but you know it's it's like a line like um, Mona Lisa must have had the highway blues you can tell by the way she smiled or the ghost of electricity howls in the bones of her face I mean to me that's just such a wonderful line it's just so descriptive um, but the killer line, I think he wrote, is to, to dance with, beneath a diamond sky with one hand waving free. Just such beautiful, beautiful lines. And um, yeah, so um, that's my advice <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> yeah.
that's yeah that's some brilliant stuff there steve i really like what you said about the i can definitely relate to the first part of it you said there about you know the initial inspiration lasting you through normally maybe a verse of chorus and maybe a second verse and then kind of running out a little bit and that having that kind of difficult time finishing a song because that's um, the hard slog isn't it it's the hard slog and it's mm. kind of uh, I remember, and it still happens, I get people at clubs come up and say, oh, God, he said, I've written this song and I can't finish it. And um, would, you, would, you, would you want to finish it for me? I said, <laughs> <laughs> I have trouble finishing my own song. <laughs> you've really got to, you know, you've got to apply yourself. Mm. Um, you really have to. And it's just that hard slog for the, the, last, um, the last verse or so. Yeah. Yeah, it's a funny thing, isn't it? And uh, it comes up a lot in in Swan Song Project as well when I'm work, working with people. A lot of the time we kind of get through the first part and then I think sometimes I feel it's like there's a pressure because when you when you know that's going to be your last verse, you've kind of got to get everything in that the song wants to contain in a way. Well, yes, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I really like that advice of just... Um, so I guess and when you're doing that, you normally will you have your, your musical structure in mind so you know... What, what the tune is and you know what your rhyme scheme is going to oh, be yes, and then you're filling the gaps. Time, yeah. So, yes, yeah. I will. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of, um, I mean, as I said before, that I, because I've been doing it so long, I've tried every conceivable way of writing mm. songs. Sometimes the lyric comes first. Sometimes I just have the title and the title uh, suggests um, a certain musicality to it. And... Um, like this, there's another one off the, the new album called The Satellite's Decree. Um, and it's about, you know, the, the sat-navs loomed large in my life, you know, because obviously I'm, I was going around for gigs and, uh, and I used to adore that bit at the end of a gig when you're kind of glowing and it's gone down really well and you've got, you know, your back pockets full of dosh and you get in the car and you put the sat-nav on and it says, where to? And you press home, mm. and that was to me. That to me is one of the great things, you know. And it's kind of, um, and I have in the um, and the and the satellites decree that only dreams roam free, because there's <laughs> so many times the um, um, these days, if I'm travelling at night, there are um, roadworks going on. So. Um, and I, I allude to that in the in, in the frustration that road works, you know, uh, stop um, adding extra time on to make me getting home from a gig. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the things I can't imagine what it was like, you know, all those years before sat-navs. The whole time I've done any, any travelling for gigs, we've pretty much had sat-navs. Um, but finding, your know, like remote venues oh, before God, the sat-nav. <laughs> be a nightmare, yeah. Um, gigs you've not been to before in the centre of a, a city you don't know and trying to read a map or instructions on your knee while you're trying to drive as well. I mean, it was just, I mean, how come I'm still here? Because uh, that must be one of the dangerous things. Because, you you know, you're so tired as well. You've just come along and... <laughs> yeah, so in fact, you know, the uh, satellite navigation is uh, one of the great inventions in the world, along with the um, the thermos flask, <laughs> traveling musician's uh, toolkit. Hello, are we frozen? Uh, oh, I can still frozen. hear you, but oh. the, the screen's frozen. Hello, 
Hello, can you hear me? Oh yeah, come again. Yeah, yeah, we've, we've, no, we've got the back. Pros there. Just saying that uh, traveling musicians toolkit, the thermos flask and the sat nav. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, going back to the songwriting tip. Um, so writing in the stream of consciousness style, like it's. I always think that that seems like something what should be easy, but can often be quite difficult. And often, like it's almost easier if you've kind of got a a direction of like, you know, I'm going to write a song that tells this particular story. Um, do you find it difficult? Or do you have any tips for accessing that um, stream of consciousness style of writing? Well. I suppose you just have to kind of go in some state where you just open your mind to um, it, it's it's hard for me to put, put in words. Usually, I'm the stream of consciousness. So I, I go there is because I can't find can't find the, the the words I want. So I'm writing something that another person maybe view as as gobbledygook. As I said before. I don't use. I don't stop at the stream of consciousness. Mm -hmm. I try. And, I just. I lay that down just for the want of laying something down. And sometimes some words they have a certain uh, the way they roll off the tongue, certain musicality about them, and um, and sometimes you stay with uh, this kind of um, the stream of consciousness. But uh, but mostly I'll I'll change it. And um, that's I, so actually getting in that state. Um, I, 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 no, I can't. I can't. I can't really give any tips about that. It's. It's. Um, no, I can't. I can't. Just. Just opening your mind and really and just um, going with the flow. Sounds like a cliche, but really that's 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 all it. it that's what what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a strange thing. To, uh, to get comfortable with doing, I guess, isn't it? And I guess part of it's like not judging, you know, not worrying about it or just letting it fall out and then looking at it afterwards. Is that, is that well, kind that's of, yeah. right? But um, I mean, one of the reasons my handwriting was so bad because I would write these things and I wouldn't want anybody else to read them. And then, of course, um, I sometimes find come across uh, writings that I've written, <laughs> things I've written, <laughs> and uh, my my handwriting is so desperately bad. That I, it's like it's like a doctor's, you know, prescription. <laughs> it's like take two of these every every day, and if it doesn't clear up, come back next week. <laughs> Hi everyone, hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Sorry for the interruption. Just want to drop a quick note in here to say that the Swanson Project is a registered charity. If you're enjoying this podcast and you'd like to consider supporting us. Uh, there are several ways you can donate through the website. It all goes towards supporting more people. Limbo Term allows us to write and record their original songs. If you'd also like to show your support um, for the podcast, we always appreciate any reviews you can leave us. Uh, you know, likes, shares, subscribes, all that kind of business. Um, it always really helps. Uh, so if you'd like to do any of that, it's really much appreciated. Hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's definitely something. Um, I remember when I first started, I used to have. I used to have like three separate books and one book was just for like, like that was, that was my book that no one else was allowed to see. And that was anything could go in that book. And then yeah. I had a middle book, which was taking any ideas that I thought, you know, people, other people, the band could see this book, you know, close friends could see this book. 
Yeah. And then I had a third book, which was like, think, you know, public consumption. I was happy to share those with other people. So anything from the first book that I felt was worth working, I kind of moved, moved them through the books. But I always felt quite good to have one book that I knew nobody else was meant to see that. So any ideas, it didn't, it didn't matter yes, how well, stupid they might have well, been. That's a good way of doing it. Yes, yeah. But it, it, I mean, interestingly, I've been I've been coming across bits of um, paper that so I, and so, uh, some lyrics going back from the early seventies, and they were typed out. And um, there was one in particular, um, and uh, it was it was the heading in the city. It's the city cries and whispers. And um, it was the, the, the lyric was I thought oh hey that's that's really good but I haven't got and I must have had a tune for it but I haven't got a clue what the tune was but I'm thinking about well maybe I might have a go at um, at um, at finishing that and with a new tune you know mm. who knows <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah sometimes you go back to your old ideas and but, yeah. They you know interesting uh, 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 one aside um because why we, we're doing this i've just lost a, a really good friend a guy called dave evans who's a wonderful guitar player and songwriter who's been living in brussels for the last 40 years but he and i when i first left home i um went to live with him and we had a duo and um we got quite popular in the Midlands where we were based. And then when I did my first album, I called Dave to play on that. And then he was subsequently offered a, a recording deal as well. But it's kind of the um, thinking about remembering that since Dave died, it's thrown up so many um, images and remembering snippets of music that have been laid dormant laid um, we're talking since uh, 1969 1970 and uh, and one that one that i'm working on now um and the time uh, uh, winter hangs back in the air tonight and i remember sitting in the in the kitchen uh, and um, with, with Dave and, and, and writing that. And Dave said, oh, that's really good, that's really good. And I never finished the song. I never, I tried several times, I tried to finish this song. And I remember Dave really liking it and um, saying, oh, and he asked me again, oh, have you finished that song? And I never did. And it's kind of now given me the impetus to finish it after all these years. Um, in, in kind of memory, you know, thinking about Dave, Dave Evans. Yeah. Oh, I am well, so sorry to hear about um, about your friend. Uh, Check out his music. It's um, it's it's you, can, uh, you you know, and he was on the old Grey Whistle Test. He did a great um, footage of him playing there, and uh, but his albums. He made, only made three albums, four albums, sorry, but they were uh, good stuff. Yeah, so you should mm -hmm. check it out. I'll check them out, yeah. But yeah, that's great that if the song's come back to you. Was it, did you have those bits recorded or was it, did you just remember? Oh, no, no. I but the thing is, I, I, what sparked the memory was um, uh, Dave's passing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess you know, maybe now is just the right time for those songs. And it's, uh, do, you, do you feel like that with, you know, we talked about trying the song quite a lot and not, not being able to finish it. Um, 
how much like how much do you push yourself with those ones or is the times where like with that one where it seemed like it just then wasn't the right time and you're happy to just put it put it on ice for a while I, I can't remember why I didn't finish it I cannot remember because the mm. thing is once I remembered it again I thought well that's ridiculous I'm kicking myself or not because it had a good uh, opening melody and I liked the opening line um but I don't know I can't speak for other songwriters but my life has been full of that where songs that have uh, even finished songs have fallen songs that I've finished and I knew you know or, or, or felt were really good have fallen by the wayside and other songs that are probably not so good are still in my set but it's it's kind of I, and I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know the, the rhyme or reason for it. They have a life of their own, don't they? And they kind of <laughs> yeah. Well, certain songs they they kind of um, they serve certain occasions or certain situate um, positions in a set, a live set. You know, you want to start with a song that's kind of quite uh, arresting and maybe quite up and quite fast tempoed. And then the second one knocks over, and then you take it down a bit, and then you kind of gradually build up to um, uh, a similar kind of song at the end of the first set. I mean, but this is all subject to change. You know, there are no rules, but that's that, that's kind of like the accepted um, modus operandi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, good stuff. So did you say something? Oh, just oh I said the risk is sounding pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all. Um, brilliant. So let's move into section three now. Uh, this is where I ask my song, my guests for a song that's meaningful to them in some way relating to bereavement. Um, so which song did you choose for us for this section, Steve? So we've chosen um, the, uh, the, the new song off the album, which is called <laughs> Where Your Mark Remains. That's right. <laughs>
stumbling in the dark Searching for a flicker of that spark And sometimes the empty vacuum fills With the echo of your laughter spills about people who've made a mark in my uh, uh, my life and uh, it's written as if I'm talking about uh, one particular person but I'm, I'm not I'm talking it's a kind of composite you know there's mm. kind of um, all these these people who, who who've left a mark um, and um, hence the title where, 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 where your mark remains and um, it's um, it's kind of musically interesting for me anyway in the fact that it's in five four time most of the mm. time you know so it kind of gives it a certain a different flavour to it and um, again it's kind of um, I like some of the the imagery in it I like some of the um, I refer to uh, in the margins and vacuum flasks, I think. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I've not got a thing about vacuum flasks, but I do think it's <laughs> the one of the great inventions. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry I can't sort of expound more about it. I think okay. it's pretty evident about, you know, what it's about really. Mm. And, um, uh, well, you know, this, this, it's kind of the last cold kiss. I, um, I miss my father's demise by minutes. I was traveling down from, uh, and, um, I just remember kissing his forehead and it was cold. And I'm kind of left with that image. I mean, it, did, it kind of haunted me, mm. but now it, it doesn't so much, but it's still, it's still there. I, I, you know, sort of, um, it's just a fact of life. Yeah, yeah, it's a powerful image, that one, The Last Cold Kiss. Yeah. Yeah. And, yes. uh, yeah, so that's kind of, uh, it's, it's, it's hard, you know, it's, it's kind of, I think this is why I, um, I gave you an alternative song that was, um, 
probably a bit easier to talk about but anyway that's uh, so that's that song <laughs> yeah yeah it's a powerful song um was there a particular spark to for you to write it so you say that it was kind of written about a, com a composite of different experiences but was there a particular thing what what you know inspired you to write a song on that theme um well it's just uh... I'm of an age where I'm, you know, as I've just mentioned about Dave going, obviously it's written before, but, um, you know, this, the people are, as the natural order of things, people are falling by the wayside. And um, so I can't re honestly remember about any specific uh, case. And like I say, it's a composite. So I see lots of, when I sing the song, I write, I wrote it as, I thought, well, I can't, if I write about all these people, do they, I, I write it about um, all the people who, who, who touch me and who, who have gone, then it's, 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 it's going to be very complicated and it's going to be hard to get it across. So it has to be, by personalising it as if it's one particular person, then um, that was the way, that was the device I used for writing the song and getting the, uh, the, the message across, the, the idea across. Yeah, yeah, it's a powerful song. Uh, and that's off the new album, Such Times. That's right, yeah, yeah. Which is available now if anybody wants to check it out. That's, I'm guessing people can order it through your website and things like that. Yes, you, yes, you can, yeah, yeah, www.stevetilston.com. Or it's on um, Riverboat Records, which is um, part of the World Music um, uh, label. And um, in theory, you can get it in um, the strangest of places, you know, like sort of um, um, craft shops, art shops, and of course, record shops as well. But <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Great stuff. Uh, yeah, well, thanks a lot for your time, Steve. It's really nice to talk to you. Oh, nice to talk to you, Ben. Yeah, thank you. Nice to, nice. Thanks very much. Glad you could meet up. And uh, yes, yeah, so um, all the very best. Thank you. And, and I'll, I'll... people who are writing, uh, writing, writing songs, maybe for the first time. And uh, yes, just um, good luck. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Steve. Um, have you got any? Are you back out gigging again now? The world's starting to open up a bit more. Have you well, got anything I've got. I've got the, the first one I've got is um, a, a festival in um, June in, um, so, excuse me, somewhere in Shropshire. And then in the 1st of July, I've got this concert in London at Queen's, uh, is it King's Place? King's Place, King's Place, Queen's, <laughs> King's Place. In, in King's Cross, of course. And... Um, so I'll be doing that. It was going to be last year. It was intended to be last year. It was going 50 years in the business. But um, this year is 50 years since my first record, Acoustic Confusion, was released. And so we can still hang it on that. But it's kind of um, obviously reduced, reduced numbers, really, for social distancing. Really. Mm. Yeah, those, those are the constraints, and uh, which is just how we have to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, hope they all go well for you. And I'll hopefully, uh, get to see you next time you're playing around Yorkshire somewhere. Okay. Cheers, Ben. Nice to nice to meet you. Yeah, likewise, Steve. And uh, thanks okay. for tuning in, everyone. I'll be back with another episode soon.